Marking its 40th anniversary in 2022, Blue Door is the largest emergency housing provider in York Region, providing life-saving support to children, youth, adults, seniors, and families at risk or experiencing homelessness. Along with offering emergency housing and housing retention support, in the past two years, Blue Door has expanded its service offering to further work toward preventing and ending homelessness through inclusion, the first supportive housing program for two SLGBTQ plus youth in York Region. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, providing supported skills training to help youth and adults break barriers to employment and secure meaningful careers in construction trades and launching in 2022 a health hub which will include a nurse and in-reach system navigator to help people regain the health and well-being needed to secure and retain permanent housing. Join Blue Door's mission and become part of the solution by learning more at bluedoor.ca. We at On The Way Home would like to acknowledge the original stewards of whose lands this podcast is recorded on. In York Region, we recognize we're on the traditional territories of the Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples, and that this is the treaty lands of the Mississaugas of the Credit. And in Vancouver, we acknowledge that we are on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, Squahomish, and Tsleil-Waututh, whose presence on these lands continue to this day. Welcome to On The Way Home, a podcast dedicated to the issues surrounding homelessness and the incredible experts making a difference in the lives of homeless people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening and share it with a friend. Welcome to another episode of On The Way Home. I am your host, Michael Braithwaite from Blue Door, and I say this with uh, a lot of enthusiasm and truth. As always, I am joined by not one, not two, but three amazing guests today to talk about a really, really cool uh, program and initiative that uh, they've been working on for the past year and a half. But before we get to our awesome guests, let's talk a little bit about your two organizations that are behind this pretty cool podcast that is a focus on everything from health to housing to mental health to uh, employment social enterprises to preventing homelessness to housing first all those great ideas from around the world they come to you through this on the way home podcast and it's brought to you by the good folks at the canadian alliance and homelessness and as well my awesome organization blue door the canadian alliance and homelessness right now they host the largest conference in north america and if you sign up i believe before august and this podcast will probably air before then so if you're listening, sign up now. Uh, not only is it the best conference you go to in this sector, but you'll get a bit of a discount. You get an early bird discount if you sign up now. And suppose you are um, a company or organization that really wants to get the word out to the sector or has something to offer the sector. You also can look at sponsorship too. Like there's no better way to reach uh, the entire sector than through this conference, uh, getting a booth there. Uh, and there's all sorts of opportunities for sponsorship. So check that out. And if you're a community that is saying, hey, what can we do in the battle to end homelessness? Uh, become a Built for Zero community and check that out. Go to CAH.ca. They do a ton of Built for Zero work and they've had great success all over the country with all sorts of communities getting to uh, or around functional zero and reducing homelessness, reducing veterans homelessness. So check out the work they're doing there. They could be of help to your community. Hey, what's happening at Blue Door? What is not happening at Blue Door right now? Uh, tons going on. 
we have recently expanded into the region of Peel. So for those of you who don't know, so York Region is just above Toronto, 1.1 million people. That's our base of operations where we operate. A while back, our construction social enterprise construct veered over to uh, the east where we are now in Durham. And now that program has gone west, so all over the top of the GTA into Peel, which is pretty cool. And it is a partnership in the trades with Humber College. So some different trades there. So very cool stuff happening at Blue Door. We're looking to take that construct model. And if there's anyone across the country that says, hey, you know what, I really like that model. I'd love to launch a construction social enterprise where we're putting people into well-paid and meaningful work and bringing in revenue as a construction company for my organization and maybe help build housing and uh, homelessness, prevent homelessness, reach out to us. At any time, you can reach out to me at michael.bluedor.ca. If you have ideas about great guests, if you have questions about the guests, you want to reach out to a guest and follow up, uh, you have great feedback about the podcast, reach out to me. would love to hear it. But enough of that. Let's get to today's guest. So today we are joined by three different organizations uh, and three different guests. I'm going to start with my colleague, Emmy Kelly. Now, Emmy is a veteran on this podcast. This is her second podcast. She actually uh, uh, came in and helped me out for one of the podcasts. She was uh, a host with me. Uh, so she knows this. Now, the first time I ever had Emmy on, uh, which is kind of crazy, I messed up her bio. You think you've been working with her for three years. This is the person you probably know best that's come on the podcast, but I still managed to do that. I'm going to try not to do that today. And if sometimes you think, wow, it really sounds like he's reading those bios. It's because I am, uh, because I don't want to mess them up. So let's start with Emmy. So Emmy is our COO at Blue Door, where she has operationalized growth at the rate of 150%. I work strategically to ensure visionary ideas are integrated, executed within the organization in a thoughtful, sustainable way. Yeah, that's well put, Emmy, well put. Uh, under Emmy's guidance and leadership as COO, Blue Door has vastly expanded services for those experiencing homelessness and poverty, including innovative population-specific support for, high, for three highly vulnerable and underserved populations of senior men, families, and two SLGBTQ plus youth. Now, let me tell you from working with Emmy, she does do it all uh, and does it well. And uh, man, tons of energy. And our organization has just taken off with her leadership. And she is joined by Adrian Pacini. So Adrian is the principal strategic design of strategic design at SHS Consulting, where she's launched the firm's housing innovation practice. Uh, Adrian spends her time facilitating collaborative conversations, developing strategies for systems innovation in the housing sector. Over the past nine years, she co-authored dozens of research papers and strategies for governments across Canada, nonprofit housing providers, and community agencies aimed at creating change in our housing and human services systems. Today, Adrian leads a series of solutions labs, we're going to talk about one today, uh, on creating new housing uh, tenure models and re realizing the right to housing in Canada. Let me tell you too about Adrian at SHS, just from a personal note. Uh, the three organizations I've been with in this sector, we have always worked with uh, Adrian and SHS. They are known throughout the country as just great consultants. They know their stuff, especially, listen, uh, people listening to the sector, if you're, uh, you're applying to uh, CMHC, it, it can get tricky. And uh, SHS really knows their stuff. They know the programs, the solutions labs, and more. And so they are our go-to at Bluter always for, hey, 
uh, we have this opportunity. We love working with them and they love this and their passion shows. So much more than consulting, there's a ton of passion there. And finally, last but not least, a friend of the podcast, he's on for his second time. We do a lot of work with Josh and, and uh, Josh, Joshua Bernard. Listen, I, I reach out to uh, Josh all the time just to say, I don't get this or I need some help around these numbers or it's just a uh, brilliant guy. Uh, he is vice president at Habitat GTA uh, Real Estate Development and a board member of the Community Affordable Housing Solutions. Uh, and and uh, that's another podcast altogether, but uh, he's helped us with that as well. So after a number of years working in residential construction, uh, Joshua Bernard, uh, Bernard realized that he wanted to devote his career to the affordable housing space. This led him to become the founder of a program and program director of Sustainable Housing Initiative operating out of the Rural Development Network. He then turned his ideas into impact, growing the organization into a 15-member team that oversaw the development of multiple affordable housing projects worth over 80 million. Recognized in 2018 as one of Alberta's top 40 under 40, Joshua's creative problem skills, problem solving skills, relationship focused work, and passion for making a difference led him to his job at Habitat for Humanity. Uh, GTA in 2019 and we were so glad he's there he's doing so much great work across the GTA and beyond so all of you welcome to on the way home now there's three people too so they never know really when to answer who's gonna answer who's gonna chat we're gonna try and get this right for our first question it's our standard question that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast we're gonna start with Adrian then we're gonna go to Emmy and we're gonna finish with Josh Kind of like, oh no, it was a little, little different than the intros, but that's how we're going to do it. Adrian, Emmy, and Josh, what does home mean to you? Sure, thanks. And thanks so much for having us today. I'm really excited about this. Um, so for me, um, home is a place where I can be myself, um, where I know I have stability, um, but also where memories are made and where I can welcome people in to create memories with me. Agreed. And I feel we, um, there's so much emotional value to having a home. It's where you have your downtime, enjoy family. You can use your address for healthcare services, for your driver's license, for your basic needs. I feel we often focus on the emotional value of home and that is so important. And one other piece that might tie into what we're talking about today is the future wealth and equity that is built through having a home. To me, it's, um, it's a basic human need. And uh, um, as many of us discuss on a daily basis, uh, daily basis, a basic human right, um, whether we're looking at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs or just a housing first approach, it's clear that everybody, that people everywhere need a house, um, a home to survive, live and most importantly thrive um, and i think this is something that gets lost in the day-to-day -day conversation with government and regular people across um, in communities across canada um, when we talk about what it means to not just what what the word home means to us but what does a home that we can afford mean well said and as i find a common theme throughout those answers no one really mentions the physical structure about the four walls and a roof it's much more than that uh, to all what everyone said, it really is that starting point, right? And that, that human need. If you say, uh, what in life do you actually need versus want housing's right there, right? At the start, 
uh, quite often we talk about food banks and the use of food banks going up. Uh, anyone who runs a food bank will say, it's not that we need more food banks, we need more affordable housing because this is the result of people not being able to afford their housing. They're pouring everything into that, they can't afford food, right? So very, very important stuff. Uh, so good stuff. Now, listen, Adrian mentioned Solutions Labs, or we mentioned that in her uh, intro, Solutions Lab and the CMHC. So this group came together and uh, through a Solutions Lab, there's a, a project you call uh, Dwell, right? And uh, you received some funding to do that. Uh, so, so I'm hoping that um, you could tell me a little bit about this, and we're going to start with Emmy. How did this partnership come around for Dwell? Uh, what was your big idea or, or elevator pitch? Emmy, we'll start with you. Um, so I think the discussion started because Blue Door owns a site that we currently use for emergency housing that is um, highly underutilized. There's a lot of land, a very small building. And we started working with SHS and Habitat to make plans to increase the density on that piece of land. Um, as we were working through it and we started going into the programmatic pieces of, you know, who would be in the space? How would we manage it? We started thinking about how we wanted to offer more than just emergency housing on this site. Um, you know, exposing ourselves in partnership with Habitat for Humanity and SHS, we started learning um, and understanding, you know, the possibility possibility models that were out there. So Habitat has. Um, some great models in existence to help build equity for those that they serve. And our challenge seemed to be that um, Blue Door serves very highly vulnerable um, individuals. And we see that there isn't really that same opportunity to start building equity when you're at that point in your life when you're experiencing homelessness. And we, in our discussions, we wanted to do something to change that. Um, and so we started exploring, we started asking ourselves, I guess, the question of what is the way that we can help to build equity for our most vulnerable? Um, and so essentially that became our elevator pitch and it started with thinking about how can we make home ownership a reality for our most vulnerable? Um, and then as we sort of went along this journey, that question morphed um, and we started looking past just this particular site. We wanted to create a model that would be relevant to our most vulnerable, not just in our um, programs, but something that could be replicated for charities and nonprofits and organizations alike throughout Canada. And that's where our teams work together to come up with Dwell. Very cool. Adrian, Josh, anything to add to that? Yeah, maybe um, an another way of thinking of it too for, for listeners who are part of the housing sector in Canada. Um, so we all know that the conventional wisdom supports that traditional pathway of moving from um, from maybe emergency housing to rental housing to permanent and and uh, home ownership. And so we came together um, and when we first came together, we actually called this project Housing Journeys Reimagined. So as Emmy was saying, that was really our 
kind of inspiration for kind of reimagining that journey. And so we wanted to challenge that pathway along that housing continuum. And we were thinking, you know, this could involve a new tenure model. It might involve a new finance model or it might involve a new service model. It might involve all three of those together. But we started with that kind of big question um, and in hopes of it, it scaling, as Emmy said, across the country. So let's keep on that theme, Adrian. I'm going to go to you. Uh, you kind of touched on it, but let's dive a little deeper into what was the problem you were actually trying to solve with the Solutions Lab? Yeah, so um, I think everyone on, on this team at least would agree that, you know, a great initiative starts with a great question. And so instead of starting um, with a really kind of embedded question of trying to make home ownership more affordable or more, more attainable to people of different incomes, which might lead us to, you know, a new mortgage product or a new financial tool. We actually worked really hard to dispel our existing assumptions about what parts of home ownership are actually important to people. So was it actually about, you know, legally owning the home that was important to people and having their name on title? Was it about living somewhere where they could modify their space? Or is it simply about living somewhere where you don't have to deal with a landlord or where you can stay as long as you want? Or maybe it was something else that we didn't even think about. So something else that caught our attention too is that, um, that Emmy was alluding to is that supportive housing often, but not always, but often assumes a rental tenure. Um, and we had a, a mandate in this project um, to create a new tenure model that would work for Blue Door, the people that Blue Door serves. So we knew that there would probably be a support service component. So that, with all that, that led us to our challenge question, which uh, like get ready for it because it's a bit wordy, but how might we disrupt the current housing continuum journey, which many of us visualize as that linear path uh, to create opportunities for individuals experiencing homelessness to transition from shelters to a place that offers permanence and stability, the opportunity to build equity, a sense of pride and responsibility and control and agency by designing and implementing a new housing tenure model. Um, we'll tell you a little bit more about how that question came to be when we, when we walk through the process. Um, but that's, that's kind of where we started with this initiative. Josh or Emmy, anything to add to that? Around the problem you were trying to solve? I think, I think Adrian summed it up well. I think she did. I think she did. And Adrian, we're going to stay with you for this one. You talked about the process. There's a process to this. So you have this problem. You're saying, hey, can we do this? And now you have to figure out how you're going to tackle that. Can you talk a little bit about the process? Yeah, and this, this will help people understand a little bit more, too, about the Solutions Lab approach, I think, that you were talking about earlier, Michael. Um, so when we think of a Solutions Lab, which is, is really the process that we used in this project, um, it's a process that first and foremost takes a human-centered approach. So we try as much as possible to keep the people that we're trying to serve at the forefront of all of our conversations and, and all of the work that we do. The second is that we really try to embrace ambiguity by withholding the urge to quickly get to the answer. And I'm sure Josh will talk about that one a little bit more later because um, that was definitely something that was, was hard for us as a team, for sure, as, as all of us are working in housing every day. Um, the next is that everyone is an expert in their own domain and they bring value through their experiences and contributions to the design process. So besides um, the, the group of us um, today, um, there was actually eight team members who, who were all part of the process and, and brought their own expertise. 
Um, our approach is also participatory. So we try as much as possible to bring people in from across the system. So we were super lucky to have folks from York Region, from United Way GTA, from the Toronto Region Conservation Authority, from uh, CHRA, Robbins Appleby, Arboro, Canadian Observatory on Homelessness, Meridian Credit Union, CMHC, NAMI Res, the list kind of goes on, but just wanted to, to give some shout outs to all the people who spent some time with us on this. And then lastly, we have quite a bias of, of showing instead of telling. So trying as much as possible to make our ideas tangible and, and to do that early on in the process. And I would say the other unique feature of, of the process that we went through was really starting from the lens of what we're calling desirability. So trying to envision what a desirable uh, model or solution would look like for the people that we want to serve. And so, again, this really involves um, avoiding jumping right away to questions like, oh, do we have enough money to do that? Or will this actually work technically? Those are all really important questions, but we keep those until later so that we make sure that we're actually designing something that that um, is serving the people that we're, we're speaking with. So in our first phase, we started with discovery, which meant that we started from a place where um, we wanted some inspiration and curiosity um, that we, we started with, but we, we didn't want to assume that we had a clear picture of, of exactly what we were trying to solve and, and what value and impact we were going to have. And so we spoke, went out and spoke with Blue Door and Habitat families and, and the people that you serve to understand what are the ingredients of traditional home ownership that are really important to them. So we asked them about their hopes for their housing futures. We um, and that led us really to these three visions of the future that people gave us that were really important to them. And so those were to provide for their family, to have freedom and life improvement, and to find a home for the long term. And through all those stories of the future that people gave us, we derived four key components that, were, that we are using as our success criteria for designing our new model. Um, and so those were the ones that you heard in our, our big challenge question. So how do we create a model that has permanence and stability, that helps people build equity, that gives people a sense of pride and responsibility and control and agency. And so we have we have big descriptions of what those all mean to people. If, if you want to read more and read our report, you can read up on, on what those four actually mean. But what those success criteria meant for us was that any model that we came up with had to pass a test of whether it's reasonably delivering those success criteria for people. And so from there, um, we took a little bit of time to actually dissemble, disassemble what, what goes into a typical housing tenure model. So who is the developer to where does the money come from uh, to who is eligible to live there and what happens when the family leaves. And we did that for a whole continuum of tenure types that we could think of that exist today from affordable rental housing to supportive to cooperative or other innovative home ownership models like Arbor or like Habitat home ownership. We wanted to understand what are all the different variables that make those models different. So if you're familiar with um, you know, like a business model canvas, for example, where you take apart all of the components of a business model to understand how it works. We were trying to kind of create a similar thing, but for housing tenure models. So what would a housing tenure model canvas look like? And so in doing so, we realized that there's about 25 different variables or differentiators that make up a housing tenure model. And so we took that set of variables and we tried to rebuild a new model that optimized for those four success criteria that I named that came from the people. So you can think of this as like playing 
playing around with dials on a soundboard and, and changing all the different components until you find that sweet spot. And that's how we got to dwell. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Yeah, and you talk, you talk about change. I think uh, being a part of this, I know what we kind of started with and what you ended up with uh, was a little different. So, Josh, well, let's talk a little bit about that. I think the concept when we first all chatted about it was, hey, there's a lot of people that uh, we serve that sometimes get into rental and they can afford the rental. But if there was some way to help them build some kind of equity around home ownership. So we, we started with that concept of home ownership. And uh, for anyone who has not... Uh, maybe for people who will be living under a rock, home ownership is, we, we quickly uh, came to uh, the realization that may not work. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, how we pivoted and changed and how you, you changed on this project, Josh? Yeah, sure. So I think, first of all, uh, first of all, it's really important that um, when we're trying to uh, answer these challenging questions or uh, solve complex problems like housing affordability, it's really important to let go of the so-called sacred cows um, and challenge our own thinking, uh, challenge society's thinking on why something does, doesn't work or, or does work or why can't it work or why can't it? Um, and I think it was within that spirit, we as a team asked ourselves, you know, why can't someone that is homeless or at risk of becoming homeless become a homeowner? Um, and that's again how we started. Um, we needed to be very subjective and put aside our own uh, individual bias and and conventional thinking um, uh, to kind of come to the answer that we arrived at. And then the question became, you know, what would it look like if someone that is at risk of becoming homeless or is homeless um, was able to benefit from all the good things that come with owning your own home? Um, how could that change someone's life, provide positive social outcomes? Um, and then we started to just, you know, the, the conversation got very exciting. And we realized really quickly that um, no one really cares about the piece of paper that you get when you own a home. It's the qualities, it's the positive outcomes and, that are kind of a, a consequence of owning a home, such as, um, uh, you know, building equity, building credibility, better, more uh, uh, food security. And I think those are the things that we started again, as Adrian mentioned, to focus on and realize, could we achieve these outcomes um, uh, through a different tenure like rental or cooperative housing um, without having a transfer title, which is there's a cost associated with that, at least in Toronto and, and Ontario, where we have land transfer tax. 
um, and other other things like you know securing a mortgage. So um, I think the the solution that we've come up with is quite elo- eloquent and and still provides the 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 outcomes that people look for when when wanting to own a home. Absolutely. Now we talked about this was so this was not a, a three week project. We've been at this for about a year and a half. And along the way, I'm sure there's a lot of learnings and surprises. Can you speak, Josh, a little bit to uh, some of the stuff that you might have learned along the way or some of the surprises that uh, the group had to work through? Yeah, well, I think maybe the group had to work through dealing with me, which, which um, <laughs> uh, as Adrian kind of alluded to, you know, um, I was really keen to, you know, figure out or understand, like, is this going to work? What's what's the math or the, the is the is are the financials going to work? So. I learned a lot about myself or reinforced things that maybe I already knew that I'm impatient, uh, but I can keep a secret. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I think, but ultimately the, 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 the outcome was, um, it was a really exciting process. Having the team we had was like the secret ingredient to the success. Um, we all had different strengths to bring. Um, there was discussions. I remember when we were in our boardroom, um, um, and having a conversation about how would this whole thing would go. And I forget what page it is in the report, but there's this, this, this flow chart or kind of, a uh, a map of, of, of how everything works and all the connections. And we literally drew that out in the, in, in, um, in the boardroom. Um, uh, and that was a really interesting and challenging discussion that I think probably took two hours, but ultimately it ended up making the, um, the project that much better and a better understanding. And, and I was happy to see it in the final report. Yeah, yeah lots of surprises along the way. And, and you know, it was a perfect mix of a partnership in, in my opinion. Uh, so you designed well, uh, Adrian, we, we, I think you answered the question. It's like you hit all those, you ticked off all the boxes, right? Or stability, whatever. We've got a program where people actually might leave after a while with some equity. That could be matched. And I know one of the one of the challenges we we all talked about is when uh, Josh talked about the math. Every time we do the math, we're like, yeah, that's not enough. And so we kept trying to be creative. How do we get more? How do we do this? We talked about matching. So so we we you, you at the in the end you have this great, very I think scalable project. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question. Why should people uh, care about Dwell? That's the name of the project. Meaning, what role could it play in helping to end homelessness? Mm-hmm. Well, I think first and foremost, um, and back to kind of the lessons learned too, is that is that that really reinforced for me is trusting the process. And you know, we created those four success criteria at the beginning, and all throughout the process, we use those to kind of say, you know, hey, if we're going to design it in that way, are we actually creating control and agency? Are we actually creating pride and responsibility? We always went back to those. So I think why people should care is. I hope that residents, at least, or, or people in the community who this might benefit, um, will really see those four success criteria shining through and in Dwell. So, you know, of course, the first being a direct benefit that they will be able to live in a stable, secure, and affordable housing opportunity with an amazing socially minded landowner and uh, like Blue Door and a, and a great property management team. Um, that they'll have opportunities to build connections and have a, that sense of pride and responsibility. Um, in a model that's kind of similar and, and boring quite a bit from a cooperative housing model. So we took kind of also the best ingredients of a cooperative housing model too. We just kind of borrowed from, from everything um, that people have supports where they live and that they, as you said, 
Michael will have the opportunity to, you know, build equity. And we're putting that in air quotes um, over the course of their tenure. So our goal was really for them to be able to cash out a rental rebate of about $10,000 after living uh, at Dwell for about five years. So we're trying to mimic the idea of, you know, a homeowner selling their home and taking their equity with them. Um, so really to create another wealth generating opportunity for people who are not traditional homeowners. So I think that's a, that's a super, uh, a neat and new opportunity in Canada. Um, and beyond the individual family, um, this model is really trying to infuse our collective commitment to the realization of the right to adequate housing in Canada. Um, and so we're doing so, um, you know, by offering another option for people. So beyond that binary decision of I, am I a renter or, or am I an owner, there's something else in between maybe. Um, making this opportunity affordable for those in greatest need in Canada. So I think all of us are pretty excited that our modeling actually reached, um, made it possible for someone to pay uh, $400 a month uh, in rent in, in one of our scenarios that we came up with. And so that's equivalent to affordability to someone employed at, at like part-time em employed at minimum wage. So it's a pretty good depth of affordability that we've reached. We've offered supports as part of the model. So that's great to be able to maintain your right to housing. And then lastly, I think um, in, in terms of this idea of scaling it that Emmy was talking about, um, we really envision this being connected to a bigger, um, you know, maybe a nonprofit land trust model. So um, that would really help kind of shelter the properties from the profit motive and financialization. And so that also allows for affordability in perpetuity and really kind of represents that that principle of the right to housing. Um, so I think we're, we're pretty proud of, of the potential impacts that uh, that this could create. Yeah, I mean, we talk about impact too. I think of, uh, you know, so many people who, who would say, listen, I can afford, I'm barely getting by. I can afford my rent geared income. That's it. But after the five years, so many people, if something happens in life, I've got a kid going to school. Um, I, I've got something, you know, I, my car just broke down. Something happened where you need a chunk of equity or I want to go on a trip. I want to invest in myself. I want to invest in my retirement, those types of things. Before Dwell, not really an option. Dwell kind of provides those opportunities, right? Moving forward. So it gives people, and I'd say like a beyond the dollar amount, it really provides that hope and, and, and that kind of inspiration for people to say, yeah, I am building a lot of equity. You know, I, I have a skin in the game. This is, you know, I, I, I have something to look forward to, which is very, very cool uh, and unique. Uh, Emmy, I want to talk about, we talked about scaling. Adrian just mentioned, you mentioned it before. Uh, what are the next steps for Dwell? Where do we go from here? You've completed the lab. Now, now what happens? Um, well, I think we're looking at implementation and execution. Um, and so for us, it's really important um, that this research and this lab work is actioned and that it doesn't sit on a shelf somewhere. So we're determined to pilot this in our programs. Um, some of the discussions that we're having now is, uh, you know, how can we build out a package that we can share with other nonprofits and charities that can implement this perhaps in existing uh, programs that they have or existing homes that they're using um, to serve their target demographics. Um, at Blue Door, we're looking at what site can we pilot this on to deliver this important program um, 
we've already sort of structured out the milestones and they consist of short and long range goals. Um, and we are taking the next steps to, towards execution. And so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you're going to put it into action. We're going to pilot it and say, let's see how this works. And what, sometimes you have to tweak it a little bit because uh, you find out once you put it in action. Uh, what, all, what sometimes was on paper may not translate exactly, right, moving forward. So on that thread, if someone's listening, someone from the sector uh, community wants to get dwell or try dwell in their community, or maybe they just want to learn more. Like, I want to learn more about this podcast. It's been great. It's been informative. Can you tell me a little more? Can I see the numbers, etc.? cetera? Uh, what could they do, Emmy? You can reach out to any of us, and my email is emmy.k at bluedoor.ca. Um, you can shoot a line, and we'd be happy to share with you um, our research and findings. Um, it's a pretty comprehensive paper that does um, show out the performance and all the pieces of the programming. And as I said, we're continuing to build this out as well and happy to stay in touch and, and share our learnings uh, so far with you. Awesome. Yeah, and I encourage people to do so. Um, you know, we are going to pilot this, but if you want to learn more, uh, I think when we talk about innovation across the sector, you don't have to be first to the, the post, but if someone else is trying this out and, you know, let's face it, we're going to need a lot of creativity and innovation uh, to work through this, this big uh, challenge we have in a housing crisis. I think Dwell is an important piece uh, of the puzzle. So we're going to go to any final thoughts. We're going to start with uh, you, Josh, then go to Emmy and to Adrian. Any final thoughts as we, we come to the close of the podcast? Yeah, so I think, you know, addressing housing affordability, the housing affordability crisis means coming up with new ideas to address the challenges across the housing spectrum. I think, and this may be controversial, I think financialization of housing and the right to housing are not mutually exclusive or, or kind of don't always necessarily need to be um, uh, against work against each other. And I think that's why, frankly, this, this new program is exciting. I think it helps demonstrate that there is a potential for positive outcomes from financialization of housing. This program, I think, represents an exciting opportunity to empower people to not only get out of the homelessness cycle, but to actually empower uh, empowers them to move through the housing continuum um, where they can find equity, security, and overall um, a better quality of life. So I'm excited to see uh, where this goes and uh, next and, and uh, the lives that it can change. So thank you again for having us today and, and for working together as a team over the last year. It's been an exciting process. And to add, I, I think um, the one thing that we learn more and more every day is the importance of collective impact and working together to create that impact. Um, Michael, when you asked, what's the point? Um, I think that we, anyone listening um, will know that, you know, we need you. Um, we need you to engage others as well. This model will be made successful by different parties working together. It'll be made successful, for example, if we can get businesses on, businesses on board or foundations or others to match the equity that we're paying out to participants so that we can help build even greater independence. There's so many possibilities of where this project can go the more people that take ownership and the more people that get involved. So I want to put in a plug for um, our collective impact to join 
um, join our team, partner with us and help to make change. Additionally, too, uh, one thing we have kept in mind too are the sustainable development goals as we do our work. And this project tackles 1, 3, 10 and 17 very clearly and touches on a number of others and it's so important that we continue this important work um, so that we can get closer to reaching those goals. And on a personal note, I'm so grateful to, to this team and the whole team that came together on this project. I've learned so much and uh, loved the days that we spent, even though some of the days were like pulling out our hair to find uh, solutions. We were definitely on to something amazing and look forward to sharing it with all the listeners as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe on that, that note of, of innovation and, and teamwork, Emmy, um, I just feel like there, there's so much space for innovation and, and initiatives like this in, in housing in Canada. It's, it's definitely a difficult problem to be working on and it can, and can be super discouraging, especially for people who kind of live this day in and day out. Um, a great place to start would be to think about kind of what is that commonly held wisdom that you want to challenge and try and just imagine a world without that rule or without that assumption and see where it takes you. And, and it really takes kind of the trust of the team and then also trust from the lived experts that we're engaging with, um, that we're going to kind of take that leap together um, and that everyone's ideas are going to be valued, whether you're, you know, the CEO like Michael or you're an intern that we bring into the project, um, but that everyone's kind of different ways and approaches of working really helped us get creative. So shout out to Jericho from Blue Door and Christine Langsy and Lorraine from SHS, who also brought all their personal experience. I'm sure we couldn't have a podcast of eight people, but, uh, and to you, Michael, I know you're hosting us, but you were a big part of this too. So kudos to you as well uh, for all your work. Dwell is a great and innovative uh, program. I can't wait to see it take off. Blue Door is going to pilot this. Hey, but we're looking for support from around the country. Uh, say, hey, you know, let, let's see how we can do this in various different ways. Reach out. Emmy gave her uh, email. says emmy.k at bluedoor.ca if you want to get involved. Uh, and if you want to see, we've been uh, presenting on this at various, I think we presented at AMFA and CHRA. Uh, we may uh, end up presenting this at the CEH conference uh, in the future, still to be determined. Um, so it, it keeps progressing as we, we learn and grow. So thank you to the three of you. Thank you to your organizations for being innovative, for thinking differently, for pushing the boundaries. That's what we need in this sector. If we're going to make real change happen, and you're doing exactly that. Uh, really value your time and expertise. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Listen, you know, here's what I like. Uh, well, I like a lot about Dwell and we were involved in that. But, but really, that question started off with it was why the hell not? Quite often, we kind of look at things and, and you know, this is good enough. Ooh, we got someone in a housing. It's truly affordable. Job done. But we, we kind of pushed ourselves to say, why not? Like, why can't people own a home? Uh, maybe they can't. But why can't they at least build some equity? You know, you know there's dignity in that. And to do that, along the process, Adrian touched on it too, we have the voices of lived experts to say, well, we think we know something, uh, we, we bring it out to them and they say, that sounds good, that is realistic, here's kind of how it worked for me. And it, it's so important, if you're going to design someone, uh, design something for uh, a group, make sure they have a voice in it. Twelve did that. You've got the voices of lived experts in there, and it pushes the boundaries. 
Really, it's about empowering people, as Joshua said, helping them along that journey to get along, right? It provides that hope. A real cool program, it's innovative. This is what happens. Our, our good friends at CMHC and their Solutions Lab, they're putting funding out there so you can brainstorm and come up with ideas like this. And their idea, and the reason they're doing that is with the hope that with these great designs, we could share them across the country and we could see a movement happening. And I think Dwell is well on its way to creating uh, a swell uh, in that movement. Great guests. Uh, we're so fortunate here on On The Way Home to always have such innovative, cool, and fun guests. And today's guests were no exceptions. Listen, share this podcast with your friends. Share widely. Make a comment. Reach out to me at michael.bluedoor.ca if you have ideas or any guests or something you'd like to see, a subject you'd like us to tackle in the area of housing, health, uh, homelessness, uh, health care. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Way Home. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-host Roland Tanner and I tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.